This is Doctrine and Doxology. We're glad that you have joined us. I am Skylar Spradlin. And I am Larry Jones. And we welcome you to this episode, recording, whatever it is that you want to call it. I think we call it something different every time. Uh, yeah, we're glad they pushed the play button. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Uh, actually, I mean, I'm glad because I hope, I hope it's encouraging to them. Well, I do too. Because there's a lot of good stuff in what we've covered. Not that we've covered it in well. In the Bible? There's good stuff in the Bible? Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. It's in the Bible. Well, we're not talking about things that aren't in the Bible. No, but we're we're actually looking at someone else's layout of... You are. Well, I am. That's true. What do I have before me? Tell me. A microphone... And a Bible. a Bible in your left hand and a cup in your right. That's right. That's all I need. I'm content, my friend. <laughs> okay. So you, are you going to do the commercial right now instead of having to do it, do it at the end? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, now I don't know what to say. Well, you can say where we can be found, although they found us found already. us because they're listening. Um, we talk about the... Um, well, our goal, I could say our goal is to look at the precious doctrines of the Christian faith and yes. to do so in a way that hopefully stirs our worship and adoration of God himself. And encourages each other. Yes. And also there's a uh, pastor cohort that is ongoing. Yes, where pastors uh, get free books and resources. And, you know, we've ironed out some kinks. I don't know if I've, if we've talked about I that. I've heard about the kinks. There were lots of kinks in the okay. first one. And we've ironed those out. So instead of, we've actually made it easier and I think better. So instead of 18 month commitment. Yeah. And getting 18 to 20 books, you now get a 12-month commitment getting 18 to 20 books. Same amount of books, shorter commitment. Instead of writing a reflection paper each month, you will meet via Zoom every couple months. And yeah. we'll discuss kind of face-to-face there uh, the book and ministry and have some instruction and things like that. And there may be talk... There may, Something new? There may be talk okay. of an addition coming to this. Really? Really. There has been some suggestions, not by me, but by others, uh, who can make it happen, uh, that perhaps some of the authors of our books might want to sit in on some of our Zooms. Oh, my lanta. That would be pretty neat, wouldn't it? And share a little bit about their book and kind of instruct us a bit further. Yeah, it'd be very encouraging. The whole goal there is to to build up these pastors uh, and church leaders, not just pastors, but church leaders in various ways, uh, so that they might then pour into their church. And healthy pastors build healthy churches. And our desire, ultimately, is the long-term health of churches. And so I think the best way to do that is by ensuring that their pastors have a healthy understanding of of the church and of basic doctrine and of the pastoral ministry and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's not necessarily kinks. I wouldn't call that kinks. No, we iron. I would, I would call are, it streamlining. Those are the new 
That's that's the cohort 2.0. Yeah, because we're streamlining. 1.0 was it was okay. Clunky. Okay, so we ironed it out. Mm, I hope. I hope, hope so. I hope we get but you guys know, anything good is worth refining. Refining, yeah. Look at it, look back at it, and see what can we do better. That kind of thing. I hope guys will sign up. Any guys that really want to grow in serving their church. Yep. Yep. Um, and I hope the Lord provides funding. We, we need funding uh, to keep this ministry going. I think it's a worthwhile ministry. I'm not a I'm not a fundraiser, but I believe in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we need we need those things. You can find out more and enjoy and interact and consider giving all at DoctrineDoxology.com. One word, DoctrineDoxology.com. I got you. That's pretty cool. Enough of that. What we're talking about today is far better. It is really, I think, one of the uh, peak things that happens when you become a believer. Somebody said, I read probably a month ago, they think that they thought this was the most important component of salvation. Uh, yes, if you continue it to its to its ultimate end, which is eternal life with the Lord. I don't know that I would take it that far. I don't, then I don't think it has to be secondary. I don't think it's the most important, but it's pretty significant. It's a big deal. Well, yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. It, so it changes our identity and how God relates to us, right? From, absolutely, from the moment of being born again onwards. Yes. So it definitely touches everything of salvation. Because we're talking about being born into the family of God, or becoming His child. The, Do you have another word for it? The concise doctrinal word. Concise doctor uh, adoption uh, adoption yeah you had it I had to look you, at the you book. got stuck on the a uh, <laughs> adoption yeah well, the uh was just a I'm just killing time till I think of it well it fit just perfect. happened to start with an a you didn't have to adoption or membership into God's family and that's really a big blessing that's something we should be rejoicing every day because we're a part of God's family you know to me it seems like um I don't know. I I, I don't want to I don't want to certainly don't want to be heretical and I don't want to downplay it, but I'm it seems to me like this unnecessary grace and goodness that God lavishes on us out of pure pleasure. And I know it's not unnecessary. God doesn't do anything unnecessary. unnecessary. Yes. But truth be told, I, w- I would have been content being a servant in the court of the Lord. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I would I would have been content being in the presence of God as a bond servant. I, I think and, that's a good attitude to have, too. And yet, he elevates us beyond that kind of a status. Yes, yes. But it's still, being a servant is still something I feel like I am. Well, yeah, I'm just saying I'm a, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm saying, yeah, we are definitely that and will be that because, I mean, he's glorious and holy and perfect and powerful and deserving of our service. 
but he but in the doctrine of adoption he's he's elevated us beyond servant status it's way beyond our deserving yeah to hebrew says jesus isn't ashamed to call us brothers and when they come to jesus when he's teaching and they say hey your mom and your family they're trying to get to you and he said who are my brothers and my sisters and my mother yes and he says and he points to the disciples these are my brothers i mean it again it's it's a grand enough blessing to simply be in in the the presence of god in heaven scrubbing the floors with a toothbrush but we're brought into this heavenly heritage and lineage and ancestry and i think john the baptist said the same thing he said i'm not worthy to untie jesus's shoes that's true and yet he's adopted into the family of god as a son of god do you think there's a opportunity for us to start looking at that and actually get prideful of it mm-hmm yeah, that was I took, I took drink. a drink. You, yep. you have to say that louder. You said I had a Bible and a cup, and I used the cup. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything. Pride is so pervasive in us. Oh, yes. I I, I was talking to a, a friend one time about uh, being elect. part of the elect. Yeah. And when I heard him say it, I, I sensed he was prideful of that and and it should be just the opposite i think just the opposite yeah it should make us humble right because we know we're not worthy right adoption should do that too right so um i don't know i just so i want to go back to a little bit of what i said it's not unnecessary but it, it does seem like an extra to me extra blessing yeah and i i don't mean that in a demeaning sort of way i'm just i'm floored right that god would would i mean he the bible describes us before christ as enemies of god yes we are we were and and it would have been enough to make us neutral or make us servants right but he takes enemies and he makes them sons and daughters that's 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 a an extension of the gospel that is I don't know. It, it's so much more. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. Very much so. And I'm so glad of it. I'm so th- thankful. Where'd you go? We lost you. Uh, oh, he's reaching. He's reaching. To get me a drink. Uh-huh. Drinking from the... I mean, I get something to bite to eat here. From what? Careful. From, from the Word of God. Well, that's not the book you have in your hand. I you know, need your glasses clean or something? Has, this has the book of God in it have scripture scripture is right here let me read it to you so uh, romans 8 14 through 17 don't want you to get confused okay romans 8 is very similar to galatians 4 okay i'll read romans 8 you can read galatians 4 okay i'll get the actual bible out and okay. i'll read galatians 4 i'll read in the reprint of the bible in this book oh my okay goodness. and it says for all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship, sonship when we cry, Abba, Father. It is the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, 
heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him, as Romans eight fourteen through 17. You're on. Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption adoption as right. sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. That's verse 4 through 7 of Galatians 4. Yeah, isn't that cool? I mean, it's, it's astounding. And so, um, yeah, we, we take up a new family name when we're born again into the family of God. And God is so serious about this, so committed to this, uh, that so often we're referred to in the scriptures as sons and daughters. Uh, there's, there's a reason God would have himself revealed to us as father. There's uh, uh, a reason that Jesus would say, and again, Hebrews, that he's not ashamed to call us brothers. There's a reason that the New Testament will refer to Christians, uh, fellow Christians, as brothers and sisters. In Christ, this familial language is pervasive all throughout the scriptures because God is very, very big on us recognizing this incredible blessing of being adopted. Yeah, even in the the prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gave starts off with our father. When they said, how do I praise? Well, pray like this. Our father, which art in heaven. Yes. So he's, he's even given us that. Uh, sonship title uh, by giving us the the Lord's Prayer. Yes. So it's not, I mean, it's not something God would have us treat as a secondary doctrine or a secondary thing. He he wants us to understand the way and the blessing and the beauty of being adopted into his family, and He he's made it in and built it into the very bedrock of our salvation. Right. It It touches everything. Yeah, and that's what we've been going through, salvation. You know, we go through the process of God stirring our hearts, giving us faith to repent and believe, and then we become glorified. No, that's not that one. It's the... Justified. Sanctified. Sanctified. Glorified. Sanctified. We're glorified at the very end. At the very end. You're sanctified in the middle. You're justified at the beginning. Yeah, justified. That's what I was looking for. That's one we've covered already. Yeah. Uh, but it's it it's all this stuff happens, and as all this is happening, he calls us his son. I mean, makes us his child. Yes, and that that's the uh, born again. Yeah, kind of makes sense. You know, in the grand picture of God's redemptive plan, um, he's bringing us back to the Garden of Eden status. Yeah, because Adam is. is referred to as the son of God. Right. Uh, in one of Jesus's genealogies there, and uh, it was Jesus's genealogy, right? Whose genealogy is it where Adam is referred to as a son of God? Matthew or Luke? Was it was Jesus's genealogy yeah. in Luke, right? So so and so, the son of so and so, the son of so and so, down yeah. all the way down. To Adam, the Adam, son, of, son God. of God. Yeah, and and so Adam is this son of God, created by God, bearing the image of God, all those sorts of things. Uh, and sin interrupts that. Yes. 
but God's redemptive plan has been working to undo the work of sin. Right. And bring us back into a right relationship and perfection with him. So it's natural that we would go back to the same status that Adam had. That's part of God's larger redemptive agenda. Well, it kind of reminds me of the uh, walking with God in the cool of the evening, mm-hmm. as he did with Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a, a relationship. I said that wrong. Relationship yeah. that we have with God. And Better also, than the word dingle. <laughs> it is. But one of the coolest things about, if coolest can be used here. Absolutely. Uh, one of the greatest things about being adopted into the family of God is now we go to our Heavenly Father uh, by His request so that we could talk to Him and make our requests and worship Him and tell Him how wonderful He is and how grateful we are. Yeah, and I, you know, personal confession time. I think that's one of the things that I neglect most often. I come into the, the presence of God as a son coming into the presence of a father. Yeah, yeah. And that is usually lost on me. I mean, I I first, and I don't think it's wrong, but I first think about the holiness of God when I'm coming to God. Right. And I, again, I think that's a healthy, reverent, right thing to do. Sure. But I never get to that tender, loving, father-like care relationship. And that shortchanges what God has declared and what Christ has accomplished. Yeah, you know, when you've uh, lost someone very near and dear to you and God is actually comforting you uh, as the Holy Spirit is the comforter, uh, it's almost like sitting in his lap and and letting him soothe your boo-boo. Your (laughs) boo-boo, my goodness. For a bad bad word to say when you're suffering because of the loss of someone. It's a technical term, isn't it? It's a theological term. It should be. I think it comes from the Latin word. But the interesting thing is, once we kind of get over our... Boo-boo. Our boo-boo, or we we quit hurting so much, we tend to distance ourselves a little bit from God. And that's not where he wants us to be. He wants us to be right there all the time, 24-7. Yeah. Walking side by side with him, uh, uh, feeling his uh, love for us as we uh, communicate with him, as we stand before him, as we humble ourselves before him. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful uh, relationship. Well, no, and you say that makes me, uh, you say that kind of drawing away from God makes me think of the prodigal son parable that Jesus shares. Yeah. The point of that parable is the father. It's the behavior That's of the true. father. It's not the behavior of the prodigal son that's not the that's just setting the stage but the behavior is the father runs to his son and embraces him and welcomes him in and um clothes him and throws the feast right right it's such a again this fatherly picture of god as he relates to those who come back to him and in that parable the prodigal son says it's better to be a servant in my father's house than to live out here with the pigs and yet yes. the father says, no, you're more than a servant to me. You're my son. It's such a beautiful picture of salvation. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think we should also, with the very little time we have left, I think we should also talk a little bit here about um, bearing our family resemblance. Okay. Because we should. 
I mean, there's some things, listen, biologically here, there's, yeah. there's things about my DNA coming from my father and my mother that I can't escape. Things about how I look, my expressions, how I was raised, all those things. Right. You don't get to choose your parents, and you bear the resemblance of them. Yes, you do. The same is also true spiritually as we are adopted into God's family. We should start bearing the marks of our Heavenly Father. Holiness. Right. Godliness, righteousness, purity. And this happens as we're being transformed in the likeness of Christ. Yes. It's like our parents taught us certain things about our personal family values as we were kids. We're being taught the same family values as young baby Christians growing in the likeness of our father. So being adopted gives us all these blessings and privileges, but it also gives us responsibilities. We, we have the mark of the name of God. We, we bear his reputation on us. Right. And responsibilities makes me think of the disciplines that I think God calls us to do. So we can be conformed into the likeness of Christ. Right. If you get gloriously saved and then you never go to church, you never open the Bible, you never start praying, there's something wrong. Yeah. Uh, If you were gloriously saved, you should hunger for God's word. You should desire to be with God's people because even Jesus said, you'll know they're my my followers if they love one another. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lack of something if you're not doing these disciplines. Yeah. And a lot of times people who I've known to be good Christians start failing in one or two of these areas. And pretty soon that continues to grow. And you got to repent. <laughs> Yeah, because you're you're walking completely against what God would have you do. Yeah, absolutely. You've you start serving yourself rather than God. Yeah. So as adopted sons and daughters, we should take advantage of our adoption by spending as much time in the company of our father as possible and letting his character and reputation and will and pleasures and hatreds and all those things rub off on us. Yeah, absolutely. So that we would we would resemble the family. Yeah, I think that's a good picture. It's a good uh, goal for us to have as believers. Yeah. Rest in and enjoy in the blessing of adoption that Christ gives to us. Yeah. But also realize that we want to honor and love our Heavenly Father and and never bring any shame on His name. Right. And we bear His name now. So we we walk in a way that is right in line with and in step with Him. And there's benefits from that. It's it's kind of like... Uh, oh, you my, grow closer, right? My brother Ken said, it's like living in the joy of Jesus. Yeah. What a, what a great place to be. Yeah. And having the joy of Jesus in your life and having the peace that you know no matter what happens, you're his child. Yeah. And uh, no one can snack, snatch you. <laughs> snack you? <laughs> no snack can, or snatch? Well... Uh, Take... You want to go with the yeah, word let take? Let me re- start rephrasing from way <laughs> back. Yeah, nothing can take me out of God's hands. Yeah. So it's just a, a joy. Yeah. Jesus and, uh, says the Father himself loves you. Yeah. And keeps you. And in John 17, he prays to the Father about loving us with the same kind of love that he's had for Jesus. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it really is so remarkable. And the more we're conformed to the image of our Father, the more harmony and joy we have with Him. Yeah. Because we're, we're thinking like Him and desiring the things like Him. And anyways. There's a lot of people who don't have this joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because they've heard the gospel and maybe not been quickened, not been uh, regenerated. The seed was scattered on dry ground or, or the rocky path, soil and the, the path, birds or the weeds, it yeah. Thorns choked it out. And so, you know, being, I would encourage people to listen to God and talk to him and, and, uh, and get your life. Not that you can do it on your own. But get your life right with the Lord. Just like the prodigal son. Come running back. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been away, please. You're you're a believer. You are a child. Come back to your father. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not a believer, go talk to somebody about that. Absolutely. Hear the gospel. Well, I think this is a subject that um, Christians should dig more and more and more into. It's super comforting. Uh, It's motivating. Uh, to think about praying again, like I shared personally, think about praying to a, a God that is so tender and loving toward you that he wants to be called your father. Uh, it's just remarkable. And I think it can reinvigorate a, a lot of our Christian living. Absolutely. I like that, reinvigorate. There you go. Word of the day. I'm okay. done. I, I think, yeah, I, I gave my spiel at the beginning, so... Yep. Um, well, we thank people for listening in, and uh, and I'm sorry about the uh, Oklahoma accent. Well, oh my goodness! Did you not? Were you not terrified the other day when somebody came up at church yes. and said, "I recognize those voices"? Yes. I mean, oh my goodness! I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I I don't speak with a British accent or well, have before you even or, introduced yourself, they yeah. were like, "Oh, I know you." Whoa. Yeah. It, very humbling experience. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the thorn in my side that keeps me humble. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways. But anyways, let me pray. Our Father, we are truly, truly grateful because we are your children. We are. We have been adopted into your family, and you love us, and you invite us into your presence. We know that that we are only allowed in your presence because of the blood of Jesus and his righteousness upon us. We're so thankful that you've placed his righteousness upon us and placed our sins upon your son. Uh, Please guide our lives and help us to walk in the joy of knowing you and being in close relationship with you. Help us to beam uh, your light showing through us so others might come to know you. And uh, may we always point them to you as the source and not ourselves. So please be glorified in all we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.